the CGA Tour, a podcast unlike any other. Now your host, Calvin Alexander. Welcome to the next episode of the CGA Tour. I believe this is episode six. Today I'm joined by Marcus Schmidt. Did I say that right? Yes. Okay. All right. Um, Marcus works as well in athletics, but he is a game day ticket rep. Representative, representative. Mm-hmm. perfect got on the first try um marcus i've known him for a couple of years now working athletics and him also working athletics and just thought i'd get him on the podcast today to uh maybe recap a little bit of the osc basketball season of course the nit tournament is tonight and recording it at you know the day the day of the game so <laughs> who knows if we'll beat florida gulf coast i sure hope so but mm-hmm. oh, that sure. that's way to be seen but for more or less the regular season you know we could win the nit championship but more or less the rest of the season's over, so we're going to kind of recap the March Madness picks as well as the OSU basketball season. Yeah. So I, I'm very mad that we're left out, that we're not in the tournament. I think we had the record to be there. I don't know how OU got in over us at least, but I do know for sure that we're not in. I mean, and that, and that there seems like USC could have gotten in over us as well. Mm-hmm. Baylor was also left out, which is a weird one, too. What are your thoughts? You know, I think, <laughs> think you know, obviously both arguments have been, you know, well exhausted these last couple of days of, you know, being talked about. But uh, I think if it was between OU and OSU, it definitely OSU should have gotten in. Um, I think from the way that the seating turned out, it's, it looked like that OU was firmly in and OSU was, you know, they weren't even close to being the last four out. It was, it was ridiculous. Well, so for OSU's record, I think a lot of people listening will know, you know, beat KU twice, both home and away, couldn't beat them in the tournament. But for the third, it's always hard to be a team oh, three times yeah, in one for year. Sure. That's, that's, it's hard to beat KU once, mm-hmm. much less three times. You know, beat OU once at home, I understand. We split that one. We split Texas Tech. We beat them at home. We, you know, then the key games we didn't win, is we, we didn't beat TCU whatsoever. Mm-mm. We didn't beat Baylor whatsoever. Swept by both of those teams, and yeah. And so that, that hurts a lot. Mm-hmm. K-State getting swept by both of them hurts as well. Maybe not as much. I don't know. I, yeah. I feel like K-State finished pretty well. But be, OU getting in firmly. Having the same record, but us beating them twice is just extremely annoying, I guess. It really is. <laughs> yeah. Um, but as, as far as other stuff, like like USC, how, how are they out? It's, it's incredible. They, they were the two-seed in their, in their conference tournament. They made it to the championship. And on top of all that, they, were, they had an RPI of 34. And they had two more wins than UCLA or Arizona State, right? Right, exactly. So... I don't, I don't get that one. <laughs> at least, like I, I think if OSU had gotten in, the RPI would have been broken, quote unquote. We mm-hmm. had ninety RPI, but the teams we played this year, like all of our out of conference games that we played, teams that we played those teams, they had historically horrible seasons. Oh, they like, were so bad. Worst on record for a while. So I don't, I don't know. At least in my opinion. It's tough to count us in off of that. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying, oh, it's you should be in no matter what, like, you know, regardless of any other teams. Syracuse got in, which is a little bit questionable as well. Mm-hmm. But the OU, the OU factor, I'm curious. Do you, do you think they will beat? Because they're up against a number seven, but they're Rhode Island. They're not a power five team. Mm-hmm. They don't have a, I mean, they have a lot of wins, clearly, but they're not. 
OU's no. Not fa- OU's not favored seeding-wise in that matchup, Mm-mm. and I think they should. It's Rhode Island. Yeah, it's it's Rhode Island, and I've ridden the Rhode Island train the last couple of years. I've been in the tournament, and they've let me down big time. Um, but I think Rhode Island, I know they don't get a whole lot of, of media attention because they're being in the A-10. They play on weird days, and on they play on, what, NBC Sports Network, right? Yeah, yeah. So you don't get a whole lot of attention from any of those A-10 teams. And they're actually a really decent team. They like to push the pace. They like to shoot the three a lot. So I think it'll be an interesting matchup. Uh, but if you know they decide to take a, a page or two out of something the Big Twelve did or any Big Twelve team did, uh, you know I think it could look a lot like the t- the games that have happened the past month in February when you know they didn't win any you know big time games. Yeah, I o- OU has a one game on the road in 2018. I mean, yeah, I've got I've got a, I've got a good friend who goes to OU has gone to OU now for as long as I've gone to OSU, so long time. And he, he's with me on this one. I mean, OU hasn't won a game on the road. Mm-hmm. They are like 4 of 15 in their last games. The notable key wins they have on the season are, I mean, they, they didn't beat KU once, if I'm correct. Right. They might have beat West Virginia once, but OU, OSU even did that. I mm-hmm. just... Do you think the Trey Young factor is like there's that strong ratings, all type of stuff? I think it is. I mean, ESPN's been pushing it since what November, since they're right. in the in the PK80 tournament, really. But like ESPN's not even airing the no, you know, they're like, not they're airing but, the Final Four, I think. But that's right. But CBS, they see what the ratings of Trey Young has has done to ESPN, yeah. and they're like, okay, well, you know, a lot of these bracketologists have OU on the bubble. You know, let's just put them firmly. And if I was on the committee, I would have put them in the first four just to, you know, since they're in, I would have put them in the first four just to up those ratings. Right. Like, if they weren't played at night, you know, that's a big game. That that would be huge. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually uh, kind of mad I won't get to watch a lot of that. <laughs> yeah. it's all, uh, I'll be working the uh, NIT game, of course. Go Pokes. But <laughs> I, I, um, I don't know. I struggle with the OU one more than I have, like, like last year. Go ahead, yeah. Put him in over us. You oh, know, sure. We both got in. Mm-hmm. So, and the, I think the the Big Twelve Baylor being out is weird. You know, I, I think I didn't realize they were on the bubble. They were. I thought a lot of people had them firmly in too. But Texas is in over them. Yeah, that's that's incredible. And I don't I don't know the records against each other, but it's a weird the OSU being out when OSU clearly could be. Of course, I'm biased. I right. Mean, God, well, I've got to we, say We that. both are, of course, obviously. Of course, yeah. we're both biased. <laughs> but OSU is one of those teams that win, wins weird games. Like, wins weird games. That's mm-hmm. what we do. We don't win the games we should, but we win games we shouldn't. And if you put us in, even if we're, like, let's say, a playing game tonight or we're a 12 seed or whatever, right? I think we'd have a much better shot. And OU is not... I've watched a couple of you games. It's the Trey Young show. Oh, it is. That's oh by far. And yeah, that's great for Trey Young if he's doing good. But if he, like he played in Stillwater, which is the one notable time that I can recall where he scored forty eight something points, but still missed twenty three pointers. Like it's wh- what are we doing here? <laughs> I mean, you missed twenty three pointers, but ESPN's not going to talk about it, right? But they will talk about the fact he scored almost fifty and had you know twelve assists or whatever, right? Right. Or, you know, I mean, he didn't have a ton of turnovers that game, but I still remember ESPN coming back at a time, you know, like, I remember watching the, the clip on 
you know, Sports Center or whatever. And the announcer's saying, well, Trey Young can hit a three-pointer here to, you know, tie the game or win the game or whatever down the stretch. And I'm like, or any of his other teammates, you know, that right, he, right. or the guys on the court with him. And that's not – I have no idea who anyone else is and they play in the Big 12. I don't know. Mm-mm. No, I, no idea. I, what, do you, what do you think in sleeper-wise? Is there any Big 12 team that like, maybe you think go in the tournament? Uh, not- do a little bit? <sighs> I don't think KU's strong this year, but they get to play KU. the first round. They get to play the first weekend at home, basically. Yeah, I would look at. I think Texas Tech has a pretty good, a pretty yeah. good matchup going all the way to at least the Elite Eight. I think. Different bracket. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, I Texas Tech as a three seed, they're they're not bad. Um, I don't I don't know. I I've been looking at it for a minute now. I'm I'm kind of thinking Arizona. Maybe yeah, they, they've got Aiden, and he's he's good. He's ri- and that's kind of what you need. I do could be doing pretty dang good job as well. I don't know. Um, I'm curious to see how how the rest of how the rest of the bracket plays out as as normal. There's you know Tech, like you said, of course, has seemingly an, an easy way, mm-hmm. easier way. But Florida's not bad as well. They could play in the second game in round two, I guess. But I think Arizona was was grossly understated at four. Right. Uh, I mean, you can get a round of thirty-two matchup with Kentucky and Arizona. That's that could be a good you know Sweet Sixteen Elite Eight game, but we're playing that second round. I, I wonder if that is a little bit of it. Let's get the bigger – let's get – because last year, South Carolina, and I'm assuming here, mm-hmm. didn't draw a lot of ratings. They are not nationally known as a basketball school, but they were, and they were a seventh seed, and they made it to the Final Four. Right. I'm thinking a lot of this might have to do with something like that. Oh, let's let's try to get – let's try to see these guys a little bit on the ratings. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, with – like I said, with OU being in, but also with, you know, Syracuse. Huge draw, name-wise. Mm-hmm. Huge draw, name-wise. At Jim Beheim, they're, they're a much bigger draw than, you know, Mike Boyden in his first year or yeah. USC in the – they had the Florida, they it's, have the Florida Gulf Coast. It's the brand-name program. Coach. But, right. yeah, um, UCLA is a way bigger name, too. Mm-hmm. The Arizona State one's weird to me. I don't get that one necessarily. Uh, I think it has to do with their, their early non-conference. I mean, they went, I think, up to conference play 14-0, and 0, I think. Okay, that's or thirteen and zero, something like that, with you know wins against KU at KU. Uh, I don't have the schedule in front of me, but they had some other, yeah. you know, sprinkled in some good other wins in there. Uh, but I think, like OU, I think early on the committee had them as a high seed. So like we're, you know, Charles Barkley had an unintentionally intelligent question about was OU an overall number one seed. He was asking about so you know was OU a one seed basically. And, you know, maybe that's why they weren't they didn't fall off as much as we thought they had with all those losses in February because they were already ranked so high. That's a good point. I, o, OU winning the games, they – I mean, they, 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 they won 18 games. Mm-hmm. I can't knock them for that one. And OSU getting such a bad rap from every, every announcer, you know, Joe Lunardi saying they basically have only 11 wins or, mm-hmm. what, you know, and stuff like that just killed OSU in my opinion. At least, but right. then again, yeah, Dick Vitale goes on and just 
Start screaming at the camera, <laughs> and the rest of us threw our TV to let us know that's just the dumbest thing we've My ever... hero, Dick Vitale, yes, that night. That go. was incredible. I think who got the short end of the stick, though, was Virginia as the number one overall. You go through there, the south bracket, you have Kentucky, Arizona. I mean, Tennessee could be a sleeper. Uh, Cincinnati, the over uh, number two seed, are you kidding me? Did you watch them against Memphis on on I, Saturday? I honestly, I'm I'm looking at the bracket now for the first time, <laughs> in like since Sunday night. I'm I did not remember Cincinnati being a two seed. I am very <laughs> surprised here. I usually think of Cincinnati as like the eight nine seed, mm-hmm. but two seed there they could kill it. I mean, I always go really Big Twelve heavy in my bracket and stuff. I, I mean, I never. How played. does that go for you? Well, <laughs> not not well, especially thanks to West Virginia, but. I'm, I'm played for for any type of money or whatever in the past four years since I worked <laughs> for OSU, but I, I still I still submit one to uh to my grandpa and um you know just so I can go against him and we can see who wins just because he always picks so Pac-12 heavy because he's mm-hmm. he went to UCLA right and I always pick Big 12 heavy and it's a lot of it's a lot of fun but man the Big Big 12 uh unless I pick KU to win it all and they somehow do <laughs> I think the last time. The last time I did pretty darn good was when uh, Mario Chalmers hit that shot. <laughs> yeah. And that since then I don't I don't think I've been doing so great. Right. Especially uh what was it, the Joel Embiid season. Oof, yeah. God, they were out early and this year who knows about Azubuki. See, I always hesitate to pick Michigan State based on what they oh did my gosh. two years ago with Middle Tennessee. That was uh <laughs> that was a two fifteen game. I right. Middle Tennessee just they got snubbed a little bit too on this bracket. Yeah, they really ended up being out. But hats off to you. You'll have always one of the biggest upsets ever. Oh, for sure. Uh, I think another sleeper to look at is Loyola Chicago. Uh, in the South bracket, they have the six eleven game with Miami, um, six seed being Miami. Yeah. Uh, they they like to they spread it out four outside with one big man inside. Uh, they had one of the highest shooting percentages in the country this year. I think it was around 50, 51%, I think, overall for their field goal percentage. And then they shot over 40% from three. Uh, and they have a big man down low. He's a freshman. He's he's incredibly good. He's really skilled with his back to the basket. Uh, so that could cause Miami some problems in the first round. Uh, so that would be a game to look at, I think, as another sleeper, sleeper game if you're still picking your bracket to maybe look at Loyola Chicago a little bit deeper. Yeah, I yeah. um, I, I at least I think Duke's got a clear path to the Final Four, though. Oh gosh, yeah. I, I think that you look at this, and this may not age very well, but <laughs> you look you look at it at least. Duke, I mean, they're not going to have to play really anyone substantial that that should have unequivocally been in. So maybe Michigan State in the Sweet Sixteen, but you make it past Michigan State, you know. You're playing KU for the Elite Eight, maybe if the KU can get that far, but KU doesn't have KU doesn't have an easy way in there. But Auburn seems like a pretty good team in the SEC, and they're a four seed right there. Mm-hmm. But then you get to the, you know, I mean, they could they could easily make it to the Elite Eight without any issues. Oh, easily. I think that the Duke Michigan State game is also a little bit too early for my liking. That's easily that could be a, a, a Final Four game this year if they had you know seeded it a little bit differently. Or at least an elite eight game. Yeah, I uh I mean I, I just don't this year's bracket is different at least. I don't know if it's because OSU's out and I'm just really salty about it <laughs> or if um I don't I don't know. I I um 
Uh, this is this one's weird. This one's weird to me. It Xavier is Xavier being the number one seed and not winning their conference. I mean, that's doesn't have to be a qualifier. You don't have to win it, but right. still, that seems weird to me at least. I think it goes back to and you know the buzzword for the last couple yeah. months has been the quadrant one or quadrant wins. Uh, every one seed has eleven quadrant one wins. Is the big thing plus North Carolina, who you know. Uh, they're, they're what a two seed, yeah, two seed. So all the you know top four seeds have quadrant one wins, and Xavier fell in that category. Um, and I think that's one of the main reasons why. I mean, Xavier and Villanova both play in a really tough Big East conference. Um, and I think this you know they had enough of those wins to to pump their resume and keep them you know their head above water, even if they lost the conference tournament. Yeah. Tournament. <clears throat> well, besides the Loyola Chicago, you know, eleven over the six matchup there with Miami, is there any other anything else that jumps out to you of hey maybe this could be an upset here? Let's see. I look to and it's not an upset in the first round, but I like this Houston team. This Houston team interests me. Uh, they like to push the pace. There are a lot of three point shooters on that team. Uh, you know, they you know took Cincinnati 2C down to the wire in the conference final on Sunday. Uh, if they get past San Diego State, they get a, a Michigan or Montana matchup. Uh, if you like offense, that would be a game to watch Houston-Michigan. They're probably, again, I don't have numbers in front of me, but they're a top 50. Both of them are top 50 scoring in the country, I'm sure. Uh, so if you like points, that would be one to watch on on I guess Saturday or Sunday for those two games. Um, another team, uh, I think if they had a better matchup, they might be really good. Is Charleston? They have a uh, Auburn in the first round. Uh, they played in the what's it, the Colonial Conference, I think. That sounds right. Yeah, yeah and um, you know they had a really good season. I think they had a couple of big wins early, and uh, you know if they play their game, I think they you know have a chance against Auburn too. Yeah, I. I don't know. I don't know. For me, at least, I'm actually uh, I'm, I'm somewhat uh, picking Texas over Cincinnati. I I think that that ten over two matchup, if Texas can get past Nevada, mm-hmm. I I think that could be that could be key. I mean, you've got see Cincinnati just they play really really good defense. They have been oh, yeah. compared to Virginia, but I I don't think they're gonna they they faced a guy who's seven feet tall who's good first round draft pick for. Top five pick overall, mm-hmm. and I know, I know, they can be beaten. That's why Texas is a ten seed. I'm not saying <laughs> they're invincible, but they, I think that's I think that's a favorable matchup for them at least, is to be able to beat Cincinnati. And won't be surprised if a couple people are picking it at least. Yeah, I think Cincinnati they had a problem, and I think they won't have this problem in the tournament. They they slept walk into their their conference game, their conference uh, tournament game against Memphis. They were down, I think, 11 at halftime. And in the second half, it was a 20-point swing. They won by 10, you know, when they when they finished the game. Um, and, you know, when you see them turn on the juice, they're, they're something else. They, you know, they grind every team. It's kind of like it looks a lot like West Virginia in the half court. They'll, you know, they'll defend teams very well. They like to push the pace if they need to. Um but I think that'd be actually a pretty good matchup for Texas. Um, Texas likes to push the pace a little bit. Want to see those those young guards 
against some of those uh, those upperclassmen at Cincinnati. That'd be interesting to see. Yeah, I would be. Uh, I think I'm going to be a little excited to see that <laughs> matchup. Maybe. Not not too sure yet though. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, as far as other matchups that we've we've got going on. Is is there one that you go, man? This this is a national championship team. They've just got that easy of a path. You know, that's a good question. I think, you know, up to and I, I say this, and they're probably going to lose in the round of thirty-two. Kansas has it pretty good up till at least the elite eight when they could either play Michigan State or Duke. Uh, you know, Kansas one seed they get pinned the first round. Uh, and then in the round of 32, they either get Seton Hall or NC State. Uh, from that game, you know, going to the Sweet 16, they either get Charleston, let's see, Charleston, Auburn, New Mexico State, or Clemson. Clemson's that one of their leading scorers, so I think they could be out in the round of 32. Uh, the only team I look to either, you know, maybe give them a chance to beat them is Seton Hall, I think, would be the team that would give them a little bit of a push. Yeah, and then second round. Yeah. I don't know, they just... They get the most favorable home advantage. Mm-hmm. They play in Wichita for their yep for round one <laughs> and two. I mean, of, of course, they're in the same spot. I'm, I'm not saying they, but gosh, they they get to play. I mean, basically in front of their home crowd. It's not a far drive. If you're a KU fan, no. if you're a KU fan, it's in Kansas. Like that, that's for example, <laughs> if OU is playing in you know in you know, I mean, gosh, it could be the same as saying OU in, the in Wichita. Even. Yeah. yeah. If, if OU was even playing Wichita, it'd be more, more of a home, you know it'd be a mm-hmm. huge home game. But it's like OU's playing in, gosh, the, the Chesapeake Energy Arena. Yeah, so I, right. I, I don't know. At least I get frustrated with stuff like that because it almost makes it too easy. But then again, like, where where are you gonna? Where else are you gonna put them? You know, right? I, I I understand, but I also like that the committee likes to keep the teams regional. Yeah, uh, it makes it easier for fans to travel. Now I understand. One of these teams had to play on the West Coast, and I think it was Xavier who got the short end of the stick on that one. Uh, right, and I think that's because they are the lowest one seed, mm-hmm. like out of the four. So they, you know, they are the lowest one seed. So that's that's part of it. But so, right, somebody had to bite the bullet on that. Right, obviously, eh, I still don't. Still not a huge fan though. Um, of that of that KU seeding, but you know. Maybe maybe KU just goes, hey, this year's our year because we get to play the first two rounds at home, mm-hmm. and then of course go play the Sweet Sixteen. Because that should be an easy Sweet Sixteen. Yep. Yeah. So it's it's at least one of those things. Is there is there any um, anything from the whole NCAA season? So regardless of March Madness stuff like that, that really sticks out to you? Any, any notations from this season at least? Uh, I hope a lot of these. Uh, future lottery draft picks stay in the, the tournament a little bit longer than some of them have. Obviously, Kentucky's full of them. Hopefully, Kentucky, obviously, somebody's going to lose in that, I'm assuming, Kentucky-Arizona game. So you could have the potential first round uh, for uh, first overall pick in there with DeAndre Ayton yep. versus, you know, probably at least three, uh, you know, potential lottery picks in there from Kentucky, maybe two. Um, if Trey Young, you know, it's the NCAA's dream to have Trey Young get to probably the Sweet 16. Yeah, I'd assume so. Uh, yeah. But I think the biggest, I'll be the biggest story, which at least ESPN's been pushing, has been Trey Young. That's been a big one. And then I think for a point, I think the FBI investigation was, uh, it had died down a little bit from the beginning of the season. 
and then it ramped up again the past, you know, three weeks or so when, you know, stuff started leaking out about, you know, all this other stuff that, you know, Arizona could have potentially done. And, you know, some of those, um, you know, past allegations get brought up again because of the tournament. I think three of the teams that are under investigation or at least had coaches, you know, arrested were left out of the tournament that were on the bubble. And that was something that was brought up. And, you know, they asked the uh, committee head about that, and they said there was, you know, no uh, influence in leaving those teams out. And I, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I got to think there was, though. I got to think that there – that that the NCAA go, you know doesn't have to say anything about it. They no. they, they mm-hmm. know when they're picking these March Madness brackets, and they they, they kind of know. Hey, let's let's leave these teams out of it because we just don't want, don't want that much more right brought up about it because they're going to be talking about it the whole time, right. or at least for a half. You know, if OSU was in there, they'd be talking about Lamont Evans. If USC was in there, they'd be talking about USC's problems. But you know, obviously for Arizona and Auburn. You, know, you can't leave those two out because you know there are you know already high seeds in the first place, right? But at the same point, it's just I I think that did factor into it. If if there was a chance and mm-hmm. you leave your team out, that's that's why I think we see a few this year that seem out of the ordinary to be in at least. The so F- the yeah. FBI investigation is something that puzzles me because the FBI had to step in for the NCAA to step in, and now it's. Because an NCAA investigation means not necessarily when they want to go to jail. Like, right. It, you know, it's it's a, we're going to investigate recruiting and yada, yada, all type of stuff. But FBI clearly is criminal charges or at least at least thought of corruption mm-hmm. charges, all type of stuff. So I, that's something I'm, I'm very curious to hear about more on the back end. And, you know, clearly nothing came to fruition fast enough for right. teams to be left out of the, like teams to be disqualified. Mm-hmm. For the tournament, you know, nothing about Arizona came out that made them disqualified. Nothing came out, you know, that disqualified OSU or USC would think. So it's 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 still one of those things. And going back to OSU, that was one of the big things, you know, after Coach Boyton was hired, before they even, you know, stepped foot on the hardwood, they're talking about an FBI investigation. How about that for a, a new head coach stepping oh into gosh. the role? But props to Mike Boynton. I mean, this oh, season gosh. just he killed it. I think was I think that this season blew away my expectations. Supposed to last season, and mm-hmm. I was oh, kind of sure. wonder, man. If he if he had been the coach last season, clearly that wouldn't have happened. But <laughs> yeah, Juwan Evans and as as much as I know, people don't like Brad Underwood around you know Stillwater and the OSU fan base. I do think that he he did set the foundation for this team in terms of being a, a defense first team. And then I think Mike Boynton, you know, cranked that up and really emphasized that this year. And I think it showed on the hardwood. You know, you have, you know, this team's grinding and grinding every game. And, uh, you know, obviously, you know, in the middle of the season, you know, that streak where you lose to, you know, Baylor a couple times and TCU, uh, those hurt, obviously. Um, But I think, you know, this team, they they grinded all the way and they played really hard. they were, what, picked last in the preseason poll, right? Yep, picked finish 10th in the Big 12. And, you know, they finished, what was it, tied for, was it 5th, maybe? I think I think it was, yeah, 6th or so. Okay, um, yeah. Yeah, I'm looking it up real quick here. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I think, I think, you know, let's see, you got KU1, West Virginia 2 at the end of it, the year, 
Tech three, K State four, TCU five, OU six, and OSU seven. seven. So OSU okay. and OU were tied for six. Gotcha. But I I don't know. Um, it's hats off to him. He he did an incredible job coaching this team, getting the play out of their minds in some of these games. I mean, beating beating KU is incredible on its own, and OSU finished. It just it bothers me that OSU finished above Texas in the standings, <laughs> and know. still Texas got in over them. But I don't know. I, I mean, at least I mean we were picked to finish worse than Iowa State. And they lost seven of their last games they played, and sitting overall at thirteen and eighteen. And OSU it is it there. is rare to see Iowa State have a down year. It's rare to see them out of the tournament. Even that it's weird not seeing Iowa State in the bracket this year. I think that's one team where. You know, I think a lot of people would pick them to go to the lead eight every year. Not even the tournament this year. That that is that is odd to me. I, but they they clearly what they had. I forget the guys' names now off the top of my head. But they had an incredible team last year. They were going to have a little bit of dip in talent. We knew that, but mm-hmm. I, mean, I didn't expect it to be like this. They were, but. Yeah, they would transfer you there for a while. They were getting you know guy a point guard from Marshall. They had a lot of guys who would guy from Marquette who would come in and you know obviously wait a year and then they'd. You know, have all these transfers who have had at least you know two years of college experience, and then they just, you know, they just run through the Big Twelve with, you know, what they won the Big Twelve, they won it last year. Yeah. And then I think they won it two well, years they won, ago. They won the conference. Right, the conference. Yeah, right, yeah, 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 right. Championship, um, as opposed to like the, because KU's won it. We know fourteen. Fourteen years. years yep. Can't get away from that. Stat, <laughs> thanks every ESPN person in the entire world. He knows that one because they will not let us forget it. No, they will not. I. Uh, that that's always tough. I don't know. Do you, do you think someone could take down KU in these? I, mean, I don't think OSU has the firepower next year. Just KU's always so good. But unless unless Bill Self leaves, I don't I don't see them. No, the Big you know or, or I don't wavering that much. I don't know what Texas Tech rosters looks like next year i think texas tech if they continue um the momentum they have i think that could be a potential um you know ku buster next year assuming they have like most of their talent back and maybe bring in a couple recruits to you know come off the bench and help them um i don't think ou was gonna be obviously near as good as they were this year yeah um I'm. I think Texas Tech has their best chance right now, and I think a West Virginia as a, a close third would be the two other teams that I think have a chance right now. I, I'm with you. I don't. I, I don't think. Actually, I take that back. I also like what TCU is doing. TCU has. TCU could could be. Good next they, year. I think a lot of people overlooked that they won the NIT last year. Like that was a, a good team that I think just missed the tournament last year. Now they're in as was a six seed. Uh, Jamie Dixon has them trending in the right direction. I looked at their recruiting, you know, last night, and they have some pretty good recruits coming in. Jalen Fisher injured, you know, I think he tore something in his knee in yeah. February, and he or Fed January, and he was out for the rest of the year. Uh, so they'll get him back, and they'll have a lot of other of those pieces back that he'll want to bring in. And I think TCU, maybe not next year, but maybe two years down the road, they'll have a, a pretty good chance, I would think. I, 
I would hope so. I, I want to see someone knock off KU. It's been it's been too long. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, <laughs> shout and go Pokes because we were the last ones to do it. But <laughs> that was uh, I think that was in 04. So yeah. it been been a minute now. Yeah, been been a little bit of time. Well, I think it's going to go ahead and wrap it up for the CGA Tour podcast. Thank you, Marcus, for joining me. No, thanks for having me. Yeah. Um, hopefully our March Madness uh, thoughts don't age poorly and only <laughs> age well. Oh, really quick. Who is in your final four? I, You know what? I I haven't gotten that far, <laughs> but I, I, I'm going to have to go. I, You know, I'm going to have to go Duke. Um Gonna be gonna be weird here. I'm gonna <laughs> say Purdue again. So both both two seeds, and I don't think Villanova's gonna make it. I just I don't know why they just they seemingly don't. Um, but Duke, Purdue, Nova, and I'm gonna pick. Uh, God, I'm gonna pick where, where was it? not Zona because they're they're in the same as they're in the same as Virginia. Mm-hmm. But I who I don't I, this West <laughs> this West bracket off the top of my head is uh is pretty tough, but. I'll, I don't know. I'll go. I'll go. Duke, Purdue, Virginia, and I know, let, let's throw a dark horse, and I'll, I'll say Gonzaga. Nice. That, that, I love that's it. That's the four seed dark horse team. <laughs> yes, I love so. it. Awesome. What about you? you know, I I'm looking at I'm looking at Virginia, Xavier. So two one seeds coming out of the South and West. Uh, <laughs> Villanova, the other number one seed. And we're going to go Michigan State, I think, to come out of the Midwest. And the three seed. All yeah, right. Yeah. I think uh, this is Tom Izzo's time to shine. Now we had some some issues about midway through the season. Oh, my God. <laughs> I think he has two at least top ten picks in that starting lineup this year. He does. I um – and a senior, I think a senior or junior point guard, uh, which is I think key for a good tournament run. Yeah, I, man, they, um, Michigan State could do it. I don't know. I like I like Duke and uh, Grayson Allen tripping people better, but that's just me, honestly. <laughs> I, I, you know, what they've got a uh, oh gosh, I'm blanking on his name at the last second here, but uh, they've got the who's the center for them? Bagley. Bagley. Marvin yes. Bagley. Yeah. Yeah, um, gosh, I don't. He's good. Grace <laughs> Allen's good. <laughs> yep. Uh, they got a bunch of Kiko players, and what UNC beat him, I know, so that still leaves a sting in them. And mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um, I don't know. Yep. So I love it. Um, anyways, that 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 will finally actually wrap it up for <laughs> the CGA Tour podcast. Thanks, Marcus, again to join for me, joining me on the podcast, and um. Have you have you back before? Yeah, of course. Maybe we can uh, have a um, a book into this podcast, and we can recap and say congrats on OSU for winning the NIT (laughs) and showing everyone that you should have been in in March Madness in the first place. And I don't know, maybe uh, maybe my final four picks will be right. Yours, of course, would have to be wrong, but (laughs) can figure it out then. All right, uh, please follow the Twitter page at the CGH Tour. And go like the Ocast on Facebook or subscribe and rate the podcast as well on iTunes or the Google Play Store. Thank you for listening.